Amen. You ready? We've been talking about the favor, the glory, the manifestation. We've been using Exodus. We told you to turn over there where Moses asked God to show him his glory. And God spoke and said, I will. I'll make all my goodness, my health, my wealth, my prosperity pass before you. In other words, you asked and you're going to see that happen. Then we've been shifting and we talked about last week a little bit about getting your expectations high. See, if you want to see the favor and the glory, you've got to begin to get your expectation a little higher than what it has been. Some people will not accept what God wants to do no matter what you tell them. They're stuck in religion. They're going to be buried in religion. That's a place they're going to stay. And they're not going to move from that because that was good enough for mama. That was good enough for daddy. So that is just good enough for them. I'm here to tell you that God always is a God of increase. God wants to increase you. God wants to make things better for you. But getting your expectation or the extraordinary means what is rare in the lives of others will begin to be the norm in you. It's not enough just to speak it. You must have it in your heart, and you've got to begin to expect it. You've got to begin to look for it. And you've got to believe it. Yes. You know, I, I've been ministering on this subject for some months now, and some folk are getting it, but some folk may not get it. The ones that don't get it, don't get mad at the ones that are getting it because they're believing it. Amen. You've got to believe what the Word says. That's important for all of us. And I told you, you've got to begin to realize that 2019 will be the year of the most extraordinary life that you've ever lived. Amen. That God's going to do some things that's going to blow your mind. Do you really believe what is rare in the lives of others is going to be the norm in your life? You've got to begin to Knock away and get rid of small thinking. You've got to begin to realize that God has something big in store for you. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. And let's look at this this morning. Acts chapter 3. Our believing in expectations has everything to do with our destiny. Yes. You've got to expect it. And I told you this last week, and I'm going to say it again, and it's something men and Teresa have been saying for years. The way you are right now is the way you believe for it. it. You're the one responsible for it, not no one else. No one else. You you can't be the victim no more. It's your problem because you created it. Amen? Amen. You gotta quit being having the, the victim mentality, and you gotta begin to shift some things. But here in Acts chapter 3. I love this story, and I'll, and through the process of me being here for many years, you'll hear this story because there's different directions to go about this story. But verse 3, I mean chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered into the temple. Now, my question, you know, your mind just wonders as you read these stories, was the family using him? Was it using him for them to live on, not just for his own benefit? Because I've saw that happen many, many times. Amen, Pastor. Good preaching right there. Thank you. Who seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple... Ask alms or ask for a monetary blessing. 
who seeing Peter and John, let's say, look at it again. Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for a monetary blessing. He fixed their eyes upon them, which Peter and John said, look at us. Okay, so Peter and John says, now look at me. L- look at us. Get your eyes off everything around you and focus just on us. Don't look for the next person coming. Don't, don't, don't take what we've got and start looking for the next one. You can't receive from God if you're always just waiting for the next one. Well, I'll wait the next Sunday and get mine. No, you're here this Sunday. You need to receive yours today. And he goes on and says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. Could you see his lip drop? Could you see him get very aggravated because they said, Look at us. He was expecting something big. That would change his life. He said, silver and gold, we don't have it. Mm. Look down some more. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give unto you. If you don't have it, you can't give it. If you haven't been spending time in the presence of God before you get here, you don't have nothing released. If I'm not praying during the week, I have nothing for you on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he goes on and says this, In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now he's saying, I'm going to give you what I do have. I got the gifts operating in my life. So I'm going to give them to you. Now people know this is not the norm back then. Everybody wasn't doing this. People were just throwing a couple of pennies in the guy's uh, can. And walking in, the other day, he was counting, and he was happy for what he got, and he went home. But Peter and John says, what I have, I'm going to give you. I don't have that. I got something more valuable. Then he goes on and says this. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. In other words, he embraced him. He squeezed his hand to help get up. How many times has God come along to squeeze our hand and help us get up and we begin to make excuses? Yes, all the time. That don't happen that way. Yeah. I didn't, that's not the way that my religion taught me it would happen. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it happened in mom and dad's day. Mm-hmm. Don't the Bible say he's going to do a new thing? Mm-hmm. In other words, it'll be the same manifestation but done in a different way. Then he goes on and says this. And immediately, instantly, at that present time, mm, without delay, his feet and his ankles, his bones receive strength. Immediately. Now you got to realize, this guy had been this way all his life. Otherwise he had no muscle in his leg. This wasn't just raising someone that had walked before. This is raising someone up that had been all messed up his whole life. He didn't know what standing up was. They don't have the technology they have now. They got technology now where they can put things on your legs and stuff and you can walk. Even though you can't fear nothing from your waist down, you can walk. They didn't have that then. 
to train his body if something would happen eventually when they came up with a, a new way of doing things that he could eventually walk. No, this was instantly. When God does something for your life, it can instantly change you. Yes. This guy wasn't going to be the same after this. He was going to be changed. Now look at this. It says, So he leaped up, stood and walked, and entered a temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. When God does something for you, you need to shout about it. I don't care how big or how small. You're waiting for the big thing to happen. God says there's nothing big going to happen until you praise me for the small thing that I just did for your life. Now this was a big thing in his life. This changed his life. But we told you that God wants to do some extraordinary things. God wants to do the, have the favor, the glory, and the manifestation to flow in your life. Look at this. Why? Why? Did this happen? Verse 10. Then they knew that all... See, then they knew it was he who sat at a begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder. They were all filled with what? Wonder. And amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 5. Verse 5. Excuse me. In the Amplified Bible says, and the man paid attention to them, expecting that he was going to get something from them. You must remember that the man came to the gate nearly his entire life. Jesus may even have passed by him himself. But he was waiting. Jesus could heal him, but he was waiting for a specific time. He was waiting for this man's due season. But not only that, he was waiting for this to happen at this specific time so people would be filled with the all of God after Jesus left. Peter and John had even passed by there before. What made this time different? He was ready. I believe it was his set time. It was his time to receive something. Why, why does God want to do something for me? So people will be amazed. So the glory will go to him. They will be astonished. Why does he want the favor and the glory of God to manifest in your life? So people will sit in the awe. Verse 9, the Amplified Bible says, And all the people saw him walking about praising God. Verse 10 in the Amplified Bible says, And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Bewilderment, as they said, over what they had occurred to him. The people were filled with wonder that was unusual. This was not the norm. But get a hold of this. The religious people were not expecting. They weren't expecting this. And if you look at this, the religious folk got mad. People are going to get mad when God does things in your life. They're going to get mad when the norm is going on in their life. But the things that are not normal 
are going on in your life. They're going to get mad at you. I got news for you. If you're serving God, they're probably mad anyway. I put this out. Guess what? They'll get mad at you when the extraordinary, extraordinary thing happens to you. Peter and John took this opportunity to tell the crowd about Jesus. Why does God want the favor and the glory of God to manifest in your life? So he'll get the glory for it. The whole thing, the whole motive behind God blessing you supernaturally is so it will bring attention not to you, but to him. To him get the glory. How did that happen? Through Jesus. How did God heal you? Through Jesus. How did you get that favor on you? How did you get that job promotion? How did you get that increase? Through Jesus. See, it's not for you to get the glory. It's for you to take the glory that has been shown upon you and reflect it back to the king. You ever saw those things that you take it and and the sun, it beats down, it comes to you, and it comes towards you. And you can take it, even if you got your watch on sometimes, and the sun hits it, and it reverts it over somewhere else. When someone shows favor to you, you're to reflect it back to him. If you exalt him, he'll exalt you. You've got to begin to exalt the king. Because this whole thing is about Him. Now, we've been studying here on Tuesdays and on Wednesdays on faith and prayer. Now, this is okay. I, I've been talking to you all for some months now about the favor, the glory, and the manifestation, the extraordinary things happen in your life, things that's not been the norm to begin to be the norm in your life. But until you come to the point that you believe it, yeah. it's just words. Turn your Bibles with me, and this is where I want to get on for a few moments before we leave today, to Mark chapter 11. Now, anybody that's been here on Wednesdays and on Thursdays knows where I'm going. Mark chapter 11. You've you got to believe this to get this. But in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, I think it would be good if I got there. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 says this. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Now, we, we were talking about this on a Wednesday or on a, a Tuesday one. And Buddy said the God kind of faith. And I, and I talked, we talked through that and talked about that a little bit. But this next two verses answer that question. Have the God kind of faith. God wants you to have the God kind of faith. His kind of faith. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, and it happened. Ten times. God said, it happened. God said, it happened. God said, it happened. God said, there will be light. God said, and it happened. Have the God kind of faith. Now here in in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 through 24, listen very closely. For surely I say to you, whosoever says, now we're talking about having a God kind of faith. In Genesis, God said, 
Here he says, For surely I say to you, Whosoever say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes these things which he saith will be done, he will have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, Whatso things you desire, when you, uh, whatso things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You want to have the God kind of faith? First you've got to say and you've got to believe. Say, believe. Say, believe. Say, and believe. Now I've been around folk and you know they've twisted things. But they've said it so long they believe it. And you were there and it was nothing like they said. That's, now listen, but words are powerful. That's the reason even today I will not let you tell my boys they can't do something. Even though they're men themselves. You better not let me hear it with my ears. Because through my whole life, I have told them that they can accomplish anything they put their mind to. I will not allow someone to get in their mind that they can't. No, I've had Jared call me and say, Dad, so-and-so said this. I said, hey, but what have I told you? What have I said to you? If anybody has a right to speak in your life, it's me. I feed you. I clothe you. They don't. I do. If anyone has a right to speak to you and you believe it, it should be me and your mom. Here he said, believe and say, say and believe. But also, I've been around long enough that I believe if you say things long enough, then you believe it. I believe if you say it long enough, you'll be able to do it. I believe that. Sometimes you've got to keep confessing the word long enough till you believe it. Talk yourself into believing what the word says instead of allowing the religion world to tell you not to believe what the word says. It was for back then. It's not for you today. Mm. I've heard that my whole life. Mm. Yep. I love you, but all I can give you is what the word. word says. Now, during that process of you having the God kind of faith, other words, saying and believing, turn your Bibles very quickly to Hebrews chapter 10. Some of you have been around know where I'm going there. Hebrews chapter 10. We're just going to throw some scripture out. We've got to look at scripture. Hebrews chapter what? Yeah. Verse 36. For, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You need what? Endurance. Endurance, uh, endurance of what? Saying and believing. Saying and believing. I need endurance. I'm not going to give in what I'm hearing the world say or what religion says. I'm going to say what the Word says. I'm going to believe what the Word says. And I've got to have endurance. Yes. And if I do what the Bible just said, I shall receive the promise. The promise. You're not going to receive the promise 
until you have the God kind of faith. In other words, you begin to say and believe. Say and believe. Say and believe. And then eventually, through you being squashed with doubt from the world, from family, from co-workers, ain't going to happen. But the Word says, and I'm going to say what the Word says, I'm going to say it with endurance. I'm not going to get into peer pressure. I'm not going to give up on what the Word says. Because the Word says that if I keep endurance, you'll receive the promise. promise. What promise? What the Word says. You need to walk around saying, I am what the Word says I am. What do you say? I am what the Word says I am. What do you say? I said, I said, why am what the Word says I am. What does the word say you are? Blessed. I am an overcomer. I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out. I'm above and not beneath. Yes. I can stand when I've done all. I just need to stand. That don't mean just stand there and look at the stars. Stand and shout for a while. God, I love this. For yet a little while, and he who come comes will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by But if anyone draws back, in other words, don't have endurance. Don't continue. Look at verse 39. But we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. I believe. What do you believe, Pastor? I believe what the Word says. I believe the Bible says that He'll build the house. I believe God says He'll supply everything we need. I just believe what the Word says. I don't believe what everybody else says. I believe what the Word says. What did Grandma say? What did Grandpa say? I love them, but I'm going to believe what the Word says. The Word. Turn your Bibles to 2 John chapter 1. 2 John chapter 1. There's just one chapter there, so you better not find, find two. Verse 8. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked. What? For? That we may receive the full, complete reward or wages. Listen, I'm working this thing and I'm not going to give up until it manifests. I'm not giving up until I see the manifestation of it. Until I see the outpouring of it. Until I see, I'm not going to give up. I'm not drawing back. Because God will bring me what His Word says I can have. And I just got to do what the Word. I got to have the God kind of faith. I got to say and believe what the Word says. And I've got to have endurance in this race. I can't give up. I love that. Look to yourselves that we do not lose the things we worked for, that we may receive a full, complete, over, or a cover over reward. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to give up. Now here it says, look to yourselves. In other words, who's the one who gives up? God don't give up. You are the one that gives up. And we don't lose a thing which we work for. And I, I've said this, I've said this in this church, and I've said it in a, a bunch of different churches. I believe sometimes we're right on the verge oh, yeah. 
Remember the man at the well, at the at the uh, pool? People carried him what for 38 years. Down to the pool. People were bathing at the pool. They were all hanging out at the they were waiting for an angel to come down and trouble the waters. Listen, I would have gone in that pool. And for 38 years, I would have sat there. Anybody want to see me? They saw me at the pool. Not just looking at the pool, I would have stayed in the pool. The problem with us, we have to verge. Oh, yeah. And then we blame somebody else because we didn't get it. Yeah, we did. But we changed our confession, yeah. which changed our believing. Yes. So we did not obtain because we didn't have endurance. To receive the promise. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. I didn't know if you'd shout today, so I, I didn't prepare it either way. There, there's so many scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Are you there? And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. Oh, the same. What? Woo! The same spirit of faith of what? Faith of Abraham. Yeah. Isaac and Jacob. Yeah. Same faith that the apostles had. Yeah. And the prophets had. Listen, don't say they had more faith than me. The Bible says you had the same faith. Yeah. Is that what it says? Yeah. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believed and therefore we you got the same measure, the same faith. How'd they obtain it? They believed and spoke. They spoke and they believed. This is one on one. Of faith. You gotta believe and speak. You gotta believe it. And speak it. And you gotta speak it and believe it. And sometimes you got just to speak what the word says and fight against religion. Look at verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah. So, you know where we mess up? We look at what's around us. Yes, we do. Who was the man that walked on the water with Jesus? Peter. Peter. Why did he begin to sink? Because he looked around a lot. What he was doing? Uh huh. Well, to keep you from believing and speaking, you get your eyes on the problem yep. instead of on the solution. Same thing. We get mad at him and say, oh, man, if it was me, whoa, me, I would have walked out there, high five Jesus, and walked on over to the land. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <God>. Not me. <laughs> that sounds like a rock. <laughs> Come on. I've heard folks say, man, if that's me, I took that first step, man, live, I'm ready. problem is we look at what's around us and look at instead of looking at what can be formed yeah. for us. You heard the story about a man was talking to Jesus and Jesus and the guy was going back and forth and Jesus said tell me what you want. He said well I want to understand a woman. 
He said, well, tell me something else you'd like. He said, well, I would like to go to Hawaii, but I don't like to fly. I like to drive. Oh. Jesus looked at him and said, well, after he asked, I'd like to know the thoughts and how to talk to a woman and understand her ways. He said, do you want a four-lane? supernatural things happen. Amen. God doesn't want you to live like mom and dad. No. Or your grandma and grandpa. God wants you to live according to the word, to the word and your destiny. He has for you. And we're looking through the word. We're seeing things that the word says about us. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. I'm just going to read it very quickly. You know this. Before we walk by faith, not by sight. So if you throw that with verse 18, chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm -hmm. In other words, quit looking out here to get what the Word is saying. Let the Word change what's out here. I love you, but as this church grows and things happen, you see the color of these chairs? They are subject to change. See this carpet you got in here? Without a vote, it's subject to change. Okay, the chairs, I like the color. Can we keep the same color? Things, you got to realize, your pastor, when things begin to happen, your pastor shifts. You won't like me much when I go on vacation, especially if you're involved in health ministry, because when I come back, everything's shifting. Because when I go on vacation, I spend my time in prayer, reading, and studying. And enjoying the time of my wife. That's what we do. We go, we set an umbrella up, we look at the water, very little get in it. I sit there and watch it while I study. It brings a calm to my life. Then when I come back up, I just miss everything. Because God shows me things need to change. Why? Because he wants to change this to what it's supposed to be there. Thy kingdom come. Amen. See, God keeps taking me to every service. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 50. Is this okay this morning? Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter, what did I say? 50. Verse, let's see where I want to go. 50. Let's look at verse 23. Are you there? Yes. Whoever offers praise, praise glorifies me. To him who orders his conduct upright. I will show the salvation of the Lord. The latter part of it, right in the middle is what I want you to, right in the middle. And to him who orders his conduct upright. Mm -hmm. 
Now you go around. This is right in the middle of you saying something. Whosoever offer praises glorifies me. To him who orders his conduct upright, I will show the salvation of God. This is talking also about what you do with your mouth. Yes. Your conduct should be upright. What is my conduct doing that needs to be upright? You've got to speak what the word says. You've got to praise God. You've got to worship God. That's how you are conducting, conducting upright. You're in this world, but not of this world. Again, thy kingdom come. I'm going to begin to declare kingdom things. Clean kingdom principles. In uh, Psalms 50, verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver you, and you, sh and you shall glorify me. Call, again, say. You've got to say something. You've got to what? Say something. Look at Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Verse? 91, we'll look at verse 1. Who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. No, no, no. Who, who, who's doing the talking here? We are. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely, there are surely again. He will deliver you from the snare of the... Look at I got to say, then Shirley shows up. I got to say. I got to say. Got to say. You know, I got to say. We got we to say what the Word says. And then Shirley shows up. I mean, sure. Shirley, everything that you've said and confessing what the Word says about you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We looked at that last week. See, God wants you to turn around and His glory just following you. All the days of your life. Why, why should I speak the word, Pastor Rodney? Well, Jeremiah 55 and 11 says, The word of God will not return void. Amen. That means empty. So if I'm going to say... And believe and do it consistently. Not allow nothing to change my confession from what the Word says. The Bible says it cannot return Amen. void, Amen. empty, without fruit of what the Word says I can have. Amen. I mean, this is Bible. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 35. Oh, there's so many places here I want to go to. Not just 35. There's a bunch of different ones. Psalm, Psalms what? 35? 35. Let's look at, look at verse 27 and 28. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually. Now, let them what? Say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has the pleasure 
in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue will speak of your righteousness and all your praise all the day long. I'm going to take one hour and get mad at God and change my confession. That's what the Bible says. He says you should say this all day long. I got a sticky note here, and this is what I wrote on my sticky note years and years ago. Imagine God is happy when you are complete, at peace, safe, in health, content, and prosperous. Yes. Just imagine that. He is happy. Let them shout for joy in order to obtain. In other words, if you look at the scripture, they're not shouting already. They're not shouting already. Because it says, let them shout for joy. Let them, let who? You. Put your name right there. Let Rodney shout for joy. I wish I had some more joy. Well, shout for it. Well, that's, that's, against, what the, that's against what religion tells me. That's against what the world tells me. People think I'm a fruitcake if I just begin to shout and something's not happened already. I mean, now, you know, if I go down to the mailbox and somebody sent me a $100 check, I, they might hear me shout at my mailbox. Yeah. Did you hear me shout at mine? <laughs> Don't get mad when I say this, that you all just said that. So you're allowing the outward to determine what happens on the inner. Yeah. That's true. I've been there. We do it. Yeah. I've done it. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says to shout... Now, Amen. this very moment, if you need more, if you need more joy, the Bible's saying, just start shouting. Amen. Well, now, Pastor, I've been taught that I got to be zapped by the anointing. This is not the bewitched segment. <laughs> You're not going to be zapped. No. You already have the Spirit of God in you. So the fire is already on the inside of you. So this is just something trying to work its way out of you. So you're trying to let the Spirit of God dominate your soul and your body. So he's saying, if you need some joy, well, we go ahead and shout because it's already bottled up on the inside of you and let it work its way out of you. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Quit coming to church looking like a prune. Amen. Going to work looking like one. Amen. Stopping at the bank looking like one. When you put your check in, knowing it's already going out. Did you say prude or prune? A prune. A prune. <laughs> Come on. It's good preaching. Here, he's telling you to be glad automatically. Don't let the outward determine what's going on, on the inside of you. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Why am I doing it, Pastor? Because the Bible says he has favor your righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. What are you doing that for? Why? Why? Because I have a right to magnify my God because he has pleasure in prospering me. He has pleasure in showing me favor. Well, he's not done it, but I'm declaring it. I'm going to constantly do what the Word says, and I'm going to declare what the Word says about me, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to do it with endurance. 
Mm. Mm. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of his righteousness. All of your praise. All the day long. All day. Every day. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the men that we look at, we, we put him there with Kenneth Hagin and other people we call fathers of faith. He'd get up, no matter how he felt. And he, not being zapped, not feeling a goosebump, he'd get out of bed and he'd shout around his bedroom. What would he shout? He'd shout all the junk off. The devil's been trying to fasten to him. Let me tell you something. If he did it, and you ever like look at his life, he raised people from the dead. God used him. He would be on a train, going somewhere, not saying a word, and people would run down and fall at his feet and say, Lead me to Jesus. Not saying a word. People felt that anointing, that favor, that glory, that manifestation on this man's life. Because he did this. He praised God. No matter if he felt like it. Or if he didn't. Look at Psalms 36 verse 7 and 8. I'm going to try to close here in a few moments. I just got two more pages of notes. We'll get there. <laughs> Psalms. I'm not even looking at these right now. Psalms 37. What? Psalms 37. Just over another chapter. Two. No, 36. See, 36, 36, 36. Sorry. 36, 7, and 8 says this. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. God, don't you want that? Psalms 37, 4 through 5 says this. Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourselves in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What now? No, 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 no. You missed the key. You, you want to get down to that part. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But you missed the first part. Delight yourself. The word delight means a higher degree of pleasure. It means joy. Delight is more of a permanent pleasure than joy. In other words, I'm going to be happy. I've made my mind up. I'm going to delight myself. I, I, it's just not just, woo, when I get a check. or It's just I'm going to be happy, bubbly me for the rest of my life. It's a higher level. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord and trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. What to pass? The word you're confessing. What you're believing. What the word says about you. You've got to trust it. Mm, look at 22. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. The Lord himself, the Lord upholds him with his right hand. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants Bagging bread. Where is that? 
Yes. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw in verse 22. For those blessed, blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Glory be to God, I want to be blessed by him. Don't you? Let's look at Psalms. So I got 22, 23. Let's look at, uh, let's look at 30. Psalms 37, verse 30. The mouth of the righteous shall speak of wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. And the law has God is in his heart. None of his steps shall be what? None of his what? I don't want to slide, do you? Look at verse 39 and 40. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is the strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Don't the Bible say in Matthew chapter 12 and 37, For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned? By whose words? Well, if words can justify you and the words condemn you, don't you think the words through faith can make things happen for you? Don't Jeremiah 23 and 29 says, Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces? So when I'm declaring the word, if I'm saying what the word says, I'm saying it, and I'm believing it. Now, Teresa's family used the word chill. I don't know if it's a word or not, but that's the way we've been saying it for years now since I married into a beautiful family. Chill. It's not a word. It's not a word, but it's their word. Glenn must have made it up. Chill. That means to break things loose, chill things up. Take a little piece of paper and she says, quit chilling at it. That's what, I'm using their analogy with this scripture. That's what the word does. It chill things up. It breaks things. It destroys things. So if I've got faith and I'm saying things, it might take a while. For the outcome to come. That's the reason it says you've got to do it with endurance. Amen. Now you've got someone that is making something out of rock. He will what? What's the right word? Chisel. Chisel. It takes them some time. They got to hit the place exactly to make sure that rock comes off that specific place. They have studied the rock. They know exactly what they're forming. And see, that's sometimes how faith works. You're speaking the word. You're saying things. And the Lord says, just be patient. Endurance. We don't like that word. No. But it took you 30 years to get in your mess. Amen. And now you're asking me to get you out of this mess. Now, I can do it all at once. But the Bible says to have endurance. So, we're going to take a journey on this. You keep believing you, you keep speaking. And all at once you'll see something fly off. He's breaking things loose. 
then eventually something else comes off. He's breaking things loose. Then eventually, if you have endurance, the masterpiece will be there, what you've been leaving for. Takes time. 40 years in the wilderness. It is a gigantic process. But he says, it's like a hammer that breaketh rock into pieces. But he also says, it's fire. Fire consumes things. Sometimes, it takes a while for the fire to get rid of stuff. To refine you. For God to show up and do exactly what he wants to do in your life. Turn your Bibles to Jeremiah. We're going to close here in a second. Jeremiah. Chapter 5. Yeah, I just want to throw these out. We've been looking at Jeremiah here very quickly. Jeremiah chapter 5. As I was studying this, I feel like God told me to share these couple of words, these couple of scriptures with you. Jeremiah chapter 5. Are you there? Verse 14. 14. Therefore this saith the Lord of hosts, because you spoke the word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth like fire, and the people would, and it shall devour them. And then not your word. Not your word. His word. You got to say it. You got to believe it. Then again, Jeremiah 23 and 29 says, Is not my word as like fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces? See, this is a process. He says you got to have endurance. You've got to say it and believe his word. It takes a while to break some things loose. Look at Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. The word should be so strong in your life. Verse 9 says, chapter 20, verse 9. Then I said, I'll make mention of him no more, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. His what? His word. Not your word. His word. You don't say your word. I love you, but you change all the time. Oh, yes. So it ain't your word that you've got to have faith in. It's his word. Luke 24 and 40, uh, 32 says this, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scripture? Did not it burn? Did not, did not our heart burn because of the word? How, how did Jesus, our example, how did Jesus fight the devil? With the word of God. What does John say? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word. So when you're saying the word, now Jesus didn't say, devil, 
I'm Jesus and I said, he didn't do that. He spoke the word. Then the devil came in and tried to twist the word. Try to do a little twist in it. But see, Jesus was the word, so Jesus knew the word, so Jesus spoke the word the correct way. So, you've got to say the word. You've got to believe the word. And in due season, at the right time, with endurance, you'll reap the outcome. You'll read it. But don't change your confession from what the Word tells you to walk in. Because this Word, this Word's all I know. I can't come and read to you the latest newspaper. I don't read the newspaper. I can tell you a little bit what's going on in the news because I do watch that some. Maybe Twitter. I do, do look at that every now and then. But see, that's not going to save your soul. That's not going to get what we're talking about. That's not going to allow the favor, the glory, the manifestation, the extraordinary things happen in your life. That's not going to cause those things. The Word is what's going to cause that. Very quickly, and we'll close. The man at the gate. We started with that. We showed you, and we'll pick this up next week, we showed you that he said... Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. And we showed you in the word that he squeezed and took him immediately. And he got up and began to praise and walk and glorify God. And then the men of God spent time talking about Jesus. Because all the things that Jesus wants to do in your life is to focus it back to him, not you. Then we showed you and we'll pick this up next week. Religious folk got mad. But the outcome, 5,000 got saved after that. The devil will always try his best to keep you. Even after you get some blessing, spirit, soul, or body, in one aspect of your life, he'll try his best to bring pressure, saying, okay, that's good enough, stop. I mean, God could throw hands and say, that's it, I'm done. I've done my job, I'm done. Go back to fishing, I'm going to go back and do this and do that and forget it. Because the devil doesn't want you to continue. Because that's when you become dangerous. God wants to see you walk in the fullness of God. Spirit, soul, and what? Body. Body. You serve a God that desires to bless you.